Next up on Saturday mornings at your service, it's Welcome to Health. Greatest Brains and the Welcome to Health Center bring you Dr. Kurt Rexroth, chiropractor and clinical nutritionist. Dr. Rexroth is here to answer your questions about chiropractic, nutrition, or healthy weight loss. So give Dr. Rexroth a call at 344-1420, or you can find him online at welcometohealth.com. And now here's Dr. Kurt Rexroth. Good morning. Okay, so we are going to talk today about health. We're going to be working on some very, very important things today, and I want to just let you know that um, it's going to be a hot show today. And the reason I say it's going to be a hot show is because that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to be talking about the use of heat in actually bringing about higher degrees of health. One of the things that, um, it's, it's a concept that's been around for a long time, and uh, it's something that I think that it's important to understand because when, when we're talking about health, there's lots of different aspects that enable us to, um, enable us to actually what, put things together. And one of the things is feedback. And we talk about feedback every once in a while, but feedback is an extremely important aspect of health. And there's a couple of different aspects to it. Number one, it's very important to realize that, that sometimes getting positive feedback in the sense of, um, you know, good feelings of things that reinforce r- proper behavior and all that stuff is extremely good. But sometimes getting negative feedback in terms of um, having things that actually challenge our body and make us feel not so comfortable is very important. You know, all of you know how important the fever is, for example. The fevers just make us miserable. It heats the brain up and it just, it's not a fun thing at all. And yet, it's the thing that stimulates the immune system to, you know, get off its butt, so to speak, and um, get in there and really start fighting the infection. So it's important to realize that some, not everything that feels negative is actually negative in the uh, you know, uh, in the sense that we generally use the term negative. Now, in medicine, a grant that is kind of confusing because they call a, a positive test is when everything is wrong, you know, and a negative test is when you find that there's nothing wrong. So it's, uh, th- those terms are very difficult to keep straight in a lot of ways, you know. But um, what we're talking about now is we're saying that um, the body needs to get, be aware of when it's being challenged. And one of the effects, it's uh, something that's been around in homeopathy for, well, my gosh, thousands of years, but it's called hormesis. And hormesis is a concept that says that what you do is you introduce a small little bit of something that would normally be very harmful. And because you have a just small, just a hint, in fact, so diluted in, in homeopathy that it's very difficult to even detect it chemically. But you introduce a little bit of a challenge like that, and the body says, whoa, I better get on the stick and do something about this. You know, the, the same thing. I mean, when I grew up, the one thing that was extremely valuable uh, to me and that I really appreciate is that I was disciplined when I did something wrong. I got feedback, right? In fact, I remember the very first time, um, I, well, the first memory I have of it, I'm sure it happened before this, but I remember that, uh, you know, we, we, uh, I grew up, my first 10 years, we were in a trailer, and uh, yeah, I'm trailer trash, okay? 
just shows you how far a person can go, even if they start, <laughs> start in that kind of situation. Um, so we were in a trailer, and there's this little metal sink in the trailer, and above the metal sink was a fluorescent light. And I remember very, very vividly that I was told over and over again not to get too wild when I was getting a bath in that little sink because, I mean, I must have been, what, one or two years old because I was still small enough to get bathed in the sink. But I would get wild because I just loved water. Oh, my goodness. I would just splash and have so much fun. And I would get too close to that light, and my mom would get, you know, very firm with me. And um, and so when, because uh, it, it could shock you, obviously, a metal sink connected to grounded by pipes, et cetera, you could die very, very quickly. So she'd get very firm with me. Well, I, one time I got way too close, and she pulled me out of the sink, spanked me soundly, and then wrapped me in a big warm towel and kissed me and said, honey, you just can't do that. I, I'll do anything to make sure that you remember not to do that, touch that light. And, um, and she told me she loved me, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, it was interesting because that was the first time that I actually, that small, I understood what she was talking about. I understood why she spanked me. And that, believe me, that did me the world of good the rest of my life because that was not the only time I was spanked, believe me, because that was the only, not the only time I did something that was dangerous. I did something where I needed some extra reinforcement to, uh, you know, kind of wake me up and get me focused on what was the right thing to do. I know that, you know, you, there's a big difference, of course, between a disciplinary spanking and abuse. You've got to realize that. If you don't realize that, then uh, your chances of, of uh, raising well-behaved and tolerable children is very, very you know, low. You've got to understand that. And by the way, raising children that other people can stand to be around is the best thing you can do for a child, right? So there's all of that. But let's get back to the point, because the point of that story was that, that um, uh, when it comes to receiving feedback for things, it's extremely, extremely important. And one of the things that happens as, you res- as a result of receiving this feedback that has a negative emotional or a negative physiological content to it is your body responds by producing positive things. And when it responds by bo- producing positive things, you get good results. With the fever, for example, when you have this, oh my gosh, you're, you're just washed out, you can't move. And many of you out there right now listening may have the flu because you know, it goes through the, the population at certain points. And um, uh, you get that and it's just, oh my God, it's just horrible. But the body is responding to that and your immune system is kicking into gear and it's you know, producing, and with the heat, by the way, also very important, for having the incubation effect on immune cells because you want those immune cells to be dividing and producing antibodies and things at maximum speed to overcome the infection. And so, you know, but that's what happens. You kick it into gear with something that's not quite that pleasant. Well, hormesis is that kind of concept. Namely, you introduce a small little bit of irritant in order to kick the body into gear to produce a good effect. That's what we're going to be talking about today, and we're going to be talking primarily about saunas or the introduction of heat to have that kind of effect on the body. We're talking about introducing small irritants in order to build the capacity to deal with nature. And of course, this is something that we all realize. I mean, life is just uh, quite a challenge, isn't it? I mean, uh, you've got 
incredibly ice cold weather that comes in that even challenges your house to some extent. Then you've got incredibly hot weather where the heat is just almost overwhelming and and uh, you know, you're sweating to death. It doesn't matter what time of year you're in, there are gonna be challenges like that. And uh, how many of you have noticed that when it gets really cold in the winter, and I mean, it is just chills you to the bones, that uh, after a few days of that, it doesn't feel that bad. After a few days, after a couple weeks of that, in fact, if it gets to the temperature that originally chilled you, it's like a heat wave, it's spring, it's just wonderful out here, you know, no problem. And uh, so our body adapts to these things very, very effectively, amazingly effectively, as a matter of fact. Um, what they found in terms of sports is they found that if you do saunas, if you put yourself in a sauna, and I think the best kind of sauna is an infrared sauna because it's just like being out in the sun, the, the heat that comes from the sun that you can even feel in the wintertime sometimes. You know, the sun comes in, you're freezing on one side, and that nice warm uh, glow is on the side of the, on the sun. That infrared, far infrared heat comes all the way from the sun, I mean millions of miles, and reaches us and is still capable of warming and penetrating our skin. And you have to realize that that penetration isn't just surface, it's not just the skin warming up. That's where you feel it, you understand. But it's not just the skin warming up, it actually penetrates deeply. In fact, it can penetrate inches into the skin, okay? But I've got a little uh, near-infrared light and I put it on under my hand and I can see the light, it's pretty bright, but I can actually see the light right through my hand in a dark room. It just glows red. And um, so that penetrating light goes through. And that's very, very important to realize because that penetrating heat actually activates lots of different systems. For example, one of the systems that it activates is the energy production system. When you, when you talk about, um, let's put it on a, a visual model here. If you have to pedal a bicycle up a fairly steep hill, let's say that it's at about 30 degrees, and so you have to, you know, you have to pedal it up there, and it's not easy. You know, you really have to ramp down the gears if you have a geared bike, and you know, oh, you're pushing hard, you're pushing hard, you're pushing hard to get it up to the top of the hill. Well, when you are on a less inclined plane, namely, you would only have to go up 15 degrees, for example, it's a lot easier to pedal that bike up the hill. Well, what happens when we are exposed to infrared radiation, namely this radiation that comes from the sun, this, is, by the way, is not like dangerous red ra radiation, this is beneficial radiation, but when that radiation comes in from the sun all the way there and it penetrates your skin and goes into your body, it's actually taking you from pushing the energy production grade, you know, the hill to produce, at the top of the hill you produce the energy, it takes it from like a 30 degree grade to a 15 degree grade. Namely, your entire body, beca it becomes a lot easier to pump out energy for everything that you do. That means that, you know, if you're um, aging and you think that, oh my gosh, you know, I, I've got all of these health challenges and everything else, it is very helpful to do some sauna therapy, particularly infrared sauna, to make the grade to produce energy a lot shallower, and then you've got that energy available to heal uh, different tissues in, in the gut, in the arms, in the shoulders. Um, you, you're basically healing all of these different tissues because now you've got the energy to do it. And when it comes to energy, it's not just the energy you feel, it's the energy inside your muscles, in your cells, 
Every cell is a little battery that is in charge of, of developing a charge. It actually uh, you know, creates a electrical um, potential difference between the outside and the inside of the cell, just like a battery does. You know? Then when, you, when it's hooked into the system, it can do all kinds of things, including communication with other cells. It, 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 it um, involves actually being able to carry out the production of proteins and hormones and uh, just everything that cells do. You know, the cells in the liver have is a magnificent chemistry um, laboratory that, that detoxifies poisons and, um, and builds uh, sugars. It, it builds different kind of hormones like insulin, et cetera. Well, insulin's in the endocrine system, in the uh, pancreas. But all these different tissues, all these different organs ha- produce different types of things and energizing them to do those things more efficiently and to communicate more efficiently with the nerve cells, et cetera, is just a health-building thing. So you know, the, the infrared sauna, the, the um, infusion of energy into the system is a very, very healthful and beneficial thing. By the way, at the Welcome to Health Center, we have uh, infrared devices there. We have them that can actually uh, irradiate or um, heat up a particular or a uh, isolated system in the body. For example, we use them on uh, shoulders. We have a, a lamp that infuses. It's a, and the interesting thing is that this uh, far infrared is actually invisible. They call it red because the, the closest visible light to infrared is red. Okay. But when you get past about 600 nanometers, it becomes invisible. You can't see it, but it's still uh, there. And you can't feel it again with the skin because the, the near-infrared is not hot. And you can't feel it again and become, until it becomes far-infrared frequencies, uh, 1,500 nanometers uh, wavelength, et cetera. So these, these types of things are, are um, very interesting you know, on a scientific level. But the, when you have an um, electric heater, for example— that would be a far infrared heater where the filament glows real brightly and you know the, it puts the heat out. That would be a far infrared heater. Anyway, we have um, particularly calibrated health heaters, um, the um, infrared um, emitters that actually will irradiate part of your body. We do a lot with um, lower leg swelling and things like this where the uh, lymph fluid is building up and the blood is pooling in the bottom of the legs. Um, a lot of people will know some of these things. In the extreme cases, you would call it um, congestive heart failure. We do a lot in terms of irradiating those parts of the body and getting the flow of the lymph uh, back into gear, you know, and getting things going. Uh, but lots of this stuff, applications in terms of blood flow also helps. A lot of people don't realize it, but they get dehydrated and it becomes more and more difficult for the body to pump the blood from the bottom of the body up to the top. In fact, uh, the pump is kind of an interesting mechanism in that case. I'll go into that some other show. But it's actually you're having to lift it and you're having to, rather than pushing it out of the heart like on the arterial side, you on the vein side, when you're bringing it from the bottom up, it actually has to be sucked back into the heart and that's an entire interesting process. But, but anyway, so what's uh, going on there is that we can actually thin that fluid, you know, with rehydration and then with heating the, the blood up and melting a lot of the lymph fluids and things like this so that they move better. And we can actually move a lot of that pooled blood in the bottom of the legs back up 
into the system where in the lymph fluid it gets rid of it, you know, um, through elimination processes and with the regular blood, it goes back up to the heart and becomes easier to pump through. So we've been having tremendous success with that. Now, a lot of you out there have heard of the runner's high, and this is another instance of hormesis because the latest research shows that when you are running, 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 the first thing that happens is you feel pretty rotten. Um, now, I have a hard time getting over the rotten part. When I run, I'm not a, I'm not a runner. But when, you, when you're running, you're running and running. What happens first is that you have a, you put, put out a chemical uh, called, um, well, the, the feel-good chemical is called endorphin, but uh, the bad-feeling chemical is dynorphin. And you put out this dynorphin first, and it makes you feel rotten, but that stimulates the um, endorphin, and it stimulates the one that makes you feel good. And again, you're actually putting your body under stress in order to stimulate it to respond. And that was a, an interesting fact. I learned that, by the way, just this morning when I was listening to a um, physiologist named Rhonda Patrick. She is phenomenal. If you, if you have a pen available there, write down her name, Rhonda Patrick, and go to her videos on YouTube because she is just wonderful. She had one on hyperthermic conditioning, uh, which is just wonderful. But in any case, in that video also, she talks about something else that's very, very dear to my heart, and that is nerve growth. Because one of the things that I'm always involved with, having been dyslexic when I was a kid, and I'm always involved in trying to get my brain to work better. Now, hopefully all of you out there are just absolutely brilliant and, you know, you've got so much extra brain um, function that you just don't even know what to do with it all. But I'm one who is always trying to improve brain function. And it is always involved, you know, playing ping pong when I was a young kid was a big factor of it. Hand coordination, et cetera, was very important for me to develop. And um, so all this stuff. But one of the things I've learned just recently, and this is from Rhonda Patrick, is that brain cell growth responds to heat. If you do the heat in the proper way, if you do the, um, the infrared sauna in the proper way, what can happen is you can actually stimulate the body to not only grow more nerves, and to grow, be more efficient in responding to challenges, but you can actually get those nerves to run more efficiently. And that is something that is also, by the way, dear to her heart because she is in a race to avoid Alzheimer's. She has one of the genetic dispositions that is um, most susceptible to Alzheimer's risk. That doesn't mean that she's going to necessarily have it, but she knows that her risk is high, and she's always involved in ways of finding out how to reduce the risk for Alzheimer's. So that's something that, that um, I think is, is very, very important. And it involves something that's a kind of direct. What happens is you challenge your body with heat, and exercise also does the same thing. And if you combine them, it's even better. One of the things that I do regularly, in fact, I plan on doing it this morning after the show, is I go to the practice and I actually do about 15 minutes of um, infrared heat in a sauna that we have there. And then I get out and I exercise with weights. And after I finish my weight exercise, and by the way, warming up in an infrared sauna is great for warming your muscles up to exercise. I exercise hard. I get back in the sauna for another 15 minutes. And it is absolutely incredible. Um, I sweat profusely, but the main thing I know that is happening is I'm increasing my 
uh, neurological adaptation. I'm increasing my brain function. I actually feel sharper all day long. Uh, everything just goes better. And it, that the effect for me lasts about three or four days. As you get old by, older, by the way, I've noticed that you, you, your exercise, the glow from exercise doesn't last quite as long as it did when I was young. Um, it's kind of like, uh, you know, I used to be able to work out once and I'd be good for the next two weeks, at least I thought I was. Now I work out and I'm good for the next three days. Uh, so here I am, you know, running like crazy. And probably when I'm 90, 100 years old, I'll be exercising every couple hours, right? Uh, which, by the way, wouldn't be a bad idea. But in any case, so that's what's going on here. I, I, we're talking about heat adaptation as a hormetic response, namely, you challenge the body and then the body responds with something good. And it, it by the way, it, it, uh, you get an increase in growth hormone, you get an increase in testosterone, which by the way is good for both men and women to get an increase in testosterone uh, because that helps you rebuild tissues. But it doesn't seem to have the same negative effect as testosterone and growth hormone have when it comes to, you know, if you inject them or if you, um, you know, bring them in from the outside, not, not naturally produced. Because both of those chemicals, they help you feel great, they help you perform great, they help you put on muscle, et cetera, but they also help shorten your life a little bit. We don't, that's not, not something that I want. So I think it's important to, to, um, to kind of get those things from the natural way, namely get the heat in there and get the exercise in there, produce this stuff, uh, respond to the challenge that you're giving yourself. And both of those things, at least in my studies, have been shown to actually increase longevity at the same time they increase health, muscle mass, and all these other good things. Hopefully you'll find a way of doing it. Come to the health, Welcome to Health Center. Take a look at what we have there for you. Uh, stop in any time. We'll be happy to show you and talk to you more about it. But we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Health with Dr. Kurt Rexroth, part of Saturday Mornings at Your Service, sponsored by the Welcome to Health Center and Greatest Grains. Dr. Rexroth will be back next week at the same time. If you have a question before then, give the good doctor a call at 309-764-2115 or find him online at welcometohealth.com where you can download podcasts of this program, ask questions on the blog, Find out about special events and request an appointment with Dr. Rexroth. And remember, Dr. Rexroth donates his services as a guest speaker to Quad Cities clubs, church groups, and business organizations.